Welcome to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. How's it going, Greg? It's going great. How are you doing, Russ? Doing good. I'm, I'm excited about uh, today's topic. I know, like, I've listened back to our shows, and, and it's like we always say that we're excited about the topic. <laughs> well, I, well, I think, you know, that's what makes our shows more fun, because we are excited about I know. what we're talking about. Exactly. And, and the guests that we have, I mean, it's it just makes it more fun. I love just talking to you, Russ, about any of these topics, but when we have a, an expert on uh-huh. something... Yeah. We love to pick their brains too. Well, and the exciting thing about today's topic is it is really one of the most like enjoyable parts of running a business, right? You're talking about coming up with new ideas, launching new products. Like you have this kind of thing that's in your mind and then actually like making it a reality. <laughs> like, right. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, how, I mean, how that, could you not think that's all- fun? Yeah, that's what we all want to do, you know, when we're starting a business. We have a concept. We want to, you know, take it to market. How do we do that? What are the steps that we need to do? How do we innovate? And luckily, we have uh, our guest today, Aria Brish. How are you? Good, good. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. No, well, I feel uh, I'm out outnumbered by you too. So speaking about <laughs> first, well, we, this we, is we, the first time I am interviewed by two people, and I am the only one here defending myself. Well, it, it's just twice the fun. Exactly. It's twice yeah, the fun. Yeah, so that, don't worry that, about that it. Way, we're yeah, going yeah. to be great. You know, I want to introduce uh, some of your accolades. Uh, first of all, you are the author of. Uh, I love the title of this book: Lay an Egg and Make Chicken Soup. The holistic innovation process from concept to market expansion. How did you come up with that name? That's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. So, um, in many cases, when you innovate, especially when you start your own business, you always have this dilemma of chicken and an egg. Should I spend ten thousand dollars and in looking into that idea? But I'm not sure if the idea is uh, good. So, why spending ten thousand dollars and in looking into it? So. That's a you know classical chicken and an egg question. That's where the name is coming from. Now, when you think about expanding the business, the eggs becomes a chicken unless it's a dinosaur egg. So uh, that's a whole <laughs> different conversation. But let's assume it's a simple chicken egg. Okay. The chicken goes up and then it makes it into a chicken soup. Where eventually, that's the ultimate maybe exit: the chicken soup. Now, now we'll get into what's in the book in a second here, but the, the the kind of the subtitle is the holistic innovation process from concept to market expansion, and and the term in there that I'm intrigued about is holistic innovation. You know, the, the holistic in this in this case in this usage, what do you mean by holistic innovation process? Uh, holistic means everything you need to pay attention, or you need to know to take the idea into a commercial success. Uh, most of the literature in innovation talks about how to innovate, the, the ideation process. Uh, some books, I have a whole library here, uh, many books about how to raise money, how to talk to venture capitalists. But then there is a whole set of books about mature business. You know, if you are uh, IBM or General Motors, how to manage your business and logistics and supply chain and HR and what have you, and, and the, there is a gap there. And and my book try to fit that gap between how to run a mature business or how to start a, a startup 
uh, how to ignite a startup. I'm, I'm kind of trying to play in, in, in that gap, how to take a startup to a successful commercial success. Okay. I mentioned, you know, it's exciting to have all these different ideas and like, that's one of the fun things in business. Sometimes though, when you have an idea, you fall in love with it, right? And you just think, oh, this is the best idea ever. Now I've had, a, I've had times like that where I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And then I go and I tell my wife about it. She's like, eh, it's not that great. <laughs> like, oh, you just burst my bubble. <laughs> and that happens where we fall in love with our ideas. How do you suggest evaluating a new idea that you were considering like moving forward okay. with? Uh, one of the things very early in the book, I'm talking about the value of diversity in evaluating new ideas and also in coming up with new ideas. So when you think about your idea yourself, you fall in love with it. Furthermore, if your business partner is your best friend from, you know, preschool or your twin brother, you tend to think more or less alike. So they will not burst your bubble. They, they will think that your ideas is, is the best thing since sliced bread. But <laughs> once you run the idea through different people from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different genders, these different people look at from a different angles. And, and let's assume your idea has some merit to it, right? Okay. Very quickly in a group, discussion group like this of half a dozen people, 10 people, you, you, you can perfect your new idea just from the ideation point of view. I'm not talking about execution yet. Execution is like 90% of my book. Right. Just the ideation process, the variety of people looking at it from different backgrounds, different schools, grew up in different countries, whatever it is, will contribute to perfect the idea. And I, I think that whole brainstorming thing is is great. You know, whenever you can bring in other voices and especially, you know, if those other demographics sort of look like the customers that you're chasing. So you're, you're presenting this idea to people um, yeah, or yeah. even pulling in customers and getting some feedback yeah. if you can. Yeah. I used to love to just kind of like in a casual way, like if I had an idea presenting it sort of to a customer right? Like a potential mm -hmm. client, like just a little yeah. bit of the idea, just a piece of it, yeah. just to mm -hmm. see what I could get out of them to make that idea a little bit better. So I, I think even, you know, if you're, some people are afraid to present the entire idea to, to people, mm -hmm. you know, they want to kind of pull it back yeah. or, you know, maybe presenting it might be too much and they're, you know, they don't have yeah. everything exactly ironed out. So I think even just presenting a piece of the idea, if you can, is, yeah. is a, is a good thing to a group yeah. of other yeah. people. Yeah. It, it just touched on, on, on another chicken and an egg issue. When, when you come up with a new idea, the, the best way to evaluate is talk to potential customers. But uh, very often you're afraid that if you expose too much of it, somebody will copy it if mm -hmm. it's such a good idea. Right. Right. So uh, that's another chicken and egg question. How how much to tell uh, customers to get my to get feedback to the idea versus how much I want to hide it? And, and you see every now and then on on LinkedIn people with you know they they are involved in this startup or that startup for five years, but they don't tell you what 
it is all about. So it's top secret. They're, they're top not letting secret. it out. It's so okay. secret that they cannot even sell it to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know you you bring up a really good point about diversity of who you're talking uh, with on your idea. You know, we, we're talking a little bit about talk about the different demographics of customers, but also I think having diversity of um, like marketing expert, a financial mm-hmm. expert, uh, yeah. production, you know, mm-hmm. internally, as far as, you know, bringing it to production, whatever that, that the concept is, right. you need to talk to those people as well to see exactly. whether it's even feasible to make this a business. Yeah, yeah exactly. So even different marketing disciplines, not just one marketing person, you, you need to have three or four different marketing people with different yeah. focus, uh, different finance, manufacturing, and even man- if it's a hardware, you know, gadget, something, uh, manufacturing people could be uh, different disciplines of the manufacturing process. Uh, think about an automobile, the different people, you know, looking after the engines, different people looking after the, the body, different people looking after the electronics, I don't know, wheels. Yeah. So, and, then, so, and one of the one of the disciplines you mentioned was the finance side of it. And in your yeah. book, you talk about how to raise money. Yes. Like, you, let's say you have a good idea, and how do you raise the money to actually you know bring it to market? That's mm-hmm. that's a whole process that yeah. most yeah. Uh, entrepreneurs need help with. So my attitude, I, I've done lots of business development and marketing and sales and fundraising. Usually, my, my the, the way I condition myself to talk to a customer or talk to an investor, if I'm not convinced myself that I'm doing this other person a favor by presenting to them this new idea, whether it's an investment opportunity or it's a new product, if I don't do them a favor, I am not convinced enough that I, I, I will not even talk to them. I'm not trying to sell a used car to somebody and tell them this is the best car ever. I'm... I'm really trying to put myself in the shoes of the investor or the shoes of the customer and see if I truly add value to their business or to their life. Oh yeah. That's a great way of looking at it because, you know, it's like when I've done sales or even, you know, hunting for investors, things like that, it's always like, I've got to believe it first before I can sell it. I love that. Okay. Uh, We're going to take a short break here. When we come back, I'd like to get into the execution of ideas and also just how do we get into the mindset of creating new products and coming up with new ideas. We'll talk about that when we return. And welcome back to DIY for Business. We're talking about ideas and innovations and how the heck do you come up with something new? Okay, so we're talking uh, with Aria Brish. Uh, He's written a book called Lay an Egg and Make Chicken Soup. So we're we're sort of calling the, uh, in in a way here, some of these ideas eggs, right? And I'm going to reveal something. I don't know if I've revealed this on the podcast before, Greg, but uh, I I own chickens. Lay an egg one day. I, I know. Well, I, I haven't laid an egg myself, but I have chickens in my backyard. I have four chickens. Okay. And the thing is, it's like there's sometimes in the year where they're just laying eggs and we're like giving them to neighbors. We're like, oh, man, we have so many eggs. And then there's like times where there's no eggs at all. <laughs> and I'm like, well, shoot, I, I've got to go to the supermarket and get some eggs because we have none. And the comparison here is I feel like there's times in business life where that is the same case where you've got a lot of ideas, you've got a lot of like 
oh, wow, this, this, this is what I want to do next. And I want to do this and I want to do that. And then there's times where it just doesn't happen, where it's just a, a, like innovation droughts, I guess I'll call it. How do you get into like that innovation mindset? Creativity is not something you can schedule and plan for. Yeah. Unlike other professions. Right. You can, right. Yeah. My wife is an architect. She, she can sit the whole day in front of the computer and nothing comes up. And then one in the morning, she has this burst of <laughs> yeah. some great idea. Uh, next morning, it's all put together on the computer, all designed and uh, ready to go to present to clients. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, just uh, random ideas come into me in the middle of the night. What, what other ideas do you have? Like try to put yourself in and other characters' shoes, and other characters could be favorite game character, or your fa favorite cartoon character, or um, uh, James Bond, or no, whatever. You know, try to. <laughs> yeah. It's like being a, a character in a movie or a character in a show in a theater. You you force yourself to become that person and and try to think like that person. Yeah, you yeah. know, one of the things that, that I've done in the past is improv theater. Well, we're learning yeah. so much about me, this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I have chickens <laughs> and I do improv. Um, but the improv thing, it, it's again, kind of just getting those creative juices flowing, right? It's doing right. something different. It's you know, you know what I like about that, Russ, about the analogy about improv is when I've watched you guys perform, you guys are feeding off each other's ideas. And I right. kind of think to your original point about like what happens when you're kind of running dry and you can't come up with something new. A lot of times it's just get the people around you to kind of brainstorm and just start mm -hmm. feeding off each other's ideas and energies. Mm -hmm. And eventually if you got some bright people around you, you're going to come up with that next generation. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and you know, one of the principles of improv that I love to bring into business, it's called yes. And, Okay. So basically, if you're going through these ideas, no matter what it is, don't say it's a bad idea. Just, oh, yes. And, and if you kind of go into a business meeting, uh, especially brainstorming with that yes and attitude, where you're just adding to whatever the previous person said and making it even better, like it, it some great ideas can come out of that for sure. Yeah. Another, by the way, uh, to, to finish my... I have multiple answers to your one oh, okay. question. <laughs> so, so a third technique, you know, the box we're talking about, think out of the box, the box is in, in, in our brain, are different people, the brain is wired in different ways. So one other way to get into a new idea is to push yourself out. Don't think about the problem you're trying to solve. Just push yourself out of the box. And, and and it will force your brain to somehow uh, think in a different way. Uh, for just simple example, once a week, drive to work, take a different route, driving mm. to work. Mm -hmm. or yeah. Once a week, have a lunch with somebody outside of your industry. Or different little things that will interrupt your normal box, so to speak. And, and that will trigger you to think out of the box because you already pushed yourself out of the box. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes to a term that you use in, in the book. And I want you to expand a little bit on this is like different is better than better. Right. Right. Talk a little bit about that concept because I, I, I'm really, uh, I, I think you really nailed something there and it kind of follows up on what you were just saying. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's coming from my background. I, I used to be in, in high tech 80% of my career, I think, for the exception of the last 10 years. So when you um, deal with innovation and technology, in many cases, people come up with a new idea, which is only better than the previous generation. Okay, so they invent uh, some chip that is 20% faster than the previous generation or 30% cheaper or whatever it is. This is just incremental changes. And by the way, competition is doing the same thing. So by the time you finish your design, your competitor will be the 20% faster also. So don't just think about being better. Take yourself totally out of the same level of playing field. Reinvent the rules of the game. Yeah, I came from a, a high-tech background as well. And one of the things that I saw in, in companies... Um, evolutions is if they didn't go different, eventually they got passed. Very, right. very few companies in the tech field could keep innovating and just get better, better, better and stay relevant. They had right. to be different at some point. Otherwise, the comp there's too much competition in tech. They would eventually get passed and uh, a lot of those businesses would eventually close. So you know, one of the things that I, I want to get into with you about your book, which I think is going to be really helpful for entrepreneurs and startup companies, is the way you laid this book out being basically a roadmap of how you get your idea to market. So let's take a quick break. And when we get back, let's talk about those steps and how you lay out the book. And we're back on DIY for Business. We are interviewing Arya Brish, the uh, author of Lay an Egg and Make Chicken Soup. And we're talking uh, before the break about the way you've laid this book out. Uh, I think it's it's very easy to kind of follow for a, an entrepreneur or a company that's starting up or even a company that's been around for a while that's got a new idea that they want to bring to marketplace. I love the way that you just laid it out almost like a, ch a checklist it's, or a roadmap of what you got to do from the startup of the idea to get it to marketplace. Can you kind of talk about you know how you flow uh, readers through your book? Yes, so that, that's a great question from uh, the book methodology point of view. The book is indeed structured as a checklist. Every chapter is an item in a checklist. For every check item, I, I bring two or three different examples of what people did right in the past, what people did wrong in the past, and lesson learned from different different uh, business cases. Uh, in many cases, you, you see your strategy, the results of your strategy many years later. Okay, people now, let's say, celebrate Tesla. That's a good example, I think. The real judgment will be 50 years from now. How did Tesla did as a business? And how did Tesla did changing the way people drive and the, changing the way the automobile industry is doing? Maybe Tesla as a company may not exist 50 years from now. But it changed the whole way people think about driving and, and how to drive and how to energize automobile and, and what have you. So I'm, I'm taking intentionally many of the examples are very old. So I can look at the time perspective 50 years back, 200 years back, 
400 years back. I think the oldest the case study I have is like a Gutenberg printing machine. Okay. And how did it change <laughs> yeah. society and the way people mm -hmm. exchange in information? I, I make a parallel from that to the invention of the internet in the past 20, 30 years. So there is lots of lesson learned from uh, very old examples. Uh, so this is one thing. The other thing I do in the book, I, I, I take a diverse industry look. So I'm not talking just about one industry. I, every example is a different industry. Automobiles, airlines, military. There are several examples from the poultry industry, just for the fun <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about. You got uh, to tie in yeah, that you chicken. Gotta, you got to pull yeah, that you in. have to tie into the name of the book. <laughs> So there, there are a few, and, and believe it or not, there are things you can learn from a poultry industry that are applicable to other industries. I just did it for the fun of me oh, writing yeah. well, the book. So I, I think no matter... I'm too bored with myself. Yeah, I, I think it's like, you know, it's almost like looking at other industries and saying, well, how do I apply that to my industry and what I'm doing? Like, I, I always, I love to do that. I think it's a great way to, to yeah. come up with ideas. And it's like, how yeah. do I do that? within my industry with my constraints, <laughs> you know, like the either monetary or whatever it is, uh, the constraints that you have. I think there, that's a great there way is to no, like, like I'll give you a real, real life example. We launched, I used to work for Motorola for 20 years. We launched a new product and I was traveling a lot at the time. Something I saw in one of the airlines that they did, uh, they give you coupons where you can uh, say, oh, this check-in counter person did great for me. I had a problem and she solved it for me. Or, Whatever it is, you, you, you write it down and you, you, you check it into the airline and these people get some special bonuses. They accumulate, it, they accumulate customer service bon, uh, bonus points and they get whatever. I, I took that idea and applied it to a new Motorola product, allowing customers to recognize these employees. And, and those employees got special bonus as part of that new product promotion. I think that's important too. Like it doesn't have to be the little companies learning from the big companies. It, it goes both ways yeah. in this. Yeah, where, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The, the other thing that I learned in your book, and I know we're running short on time, but the, the thing I really I learned in your book <clears throat> was that, you know, talking about things that work is like spend effort on your creativity on other things besides just the product. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. spend spend some effort on the creativity of the processes. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be just on the end product. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that was just a, a really uh, a good point that you made. Yeah, yeah. A business model, for example, you can with existing the same technology. Think about a different business model. Okay, or think about. Uh, emotional angle to the product uh, even automobile you know many car makers sell their automobiles based on the technical attributes of you know gasoline mileage this or that but some automobiles sell their automobile based on emotional attributes and emotional attribute could be uh, i'm proud to drive and have my neighbors seeing me driving electrical vehicle because I want to position myself to my ecosystem friends as somebody that cares about the environment. So people, the early days of people buying electrical vehicles or hybrid vehicles was not saving money. Most of the people 
most of the early adapters of uh, uh, hybrid vehicles and electrical vehicles were very wealthy individuals. They were just trying to make a point to their audience or to their neighbors and families that they care about the environment. They, they didn't do it to save, you know, $50 a month on a gasoline. So the, this is just an emotional aspect of a product is, is a, is, is a big, is an important way or, or, or a unique way to differentiate yourself. We talk about being different versus being better. You, you can think about how to be different in an emotional angle. We talked about chicken. So we'll summarize with a chicken example. People buy cage free eggs. They pay two X or three X sometime for a cage free eggs just because they feel sorry for the caged chicken, right? The cage-free eggs, there is no study. It's a too new innovation. There is no studies that shows that cage-free eggs will make you live 200 years. Maybe in 50 <laughs> years we'll know that. But this industry is so new that the only reason people buy cage-free eggs because they feel sorry for the chickens. It's, yeah. This is an emo and they pay they pay high premium for that. This mm -hmm. is an emotional aspect of deciding to buy a new product, not based on the attributes, but based on what it does for me emotionally. I gotta start selling my eggs from the from the backyard <laughs> chickens because right, they're cage free. <laughs> they're cage free. In one of the interviews, by the way, one of the biggest uh, IPOs uh, last year was a cage free egg company that is based here in Austin. I interviewed the CEO for the book uh, when they just started and, and they had one of the most successful IPOs last year. Well, I think I'm going to need more chickens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can safely say this episode probably has talked about chickens more than any other previous episode. <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, it's yeah. all Russ's fault. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> All right, Aria, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. And thank you for listening, subscribing, and reviewing DIY for Business, a part of the ElectroCast network of podcasts and the best business network. The subjects that we cover on the podcast are selected with the goal of helping your business grow. All of the information provided is opinion-based, and you may want to consult a professional to discuss your exact business needs. Greg and I want your company to succeed, and we are happy to take your questions. We would love to hear your suggestions for future episodes. If there's an area where you need some solid business advice or help, just let us know. We might be able to build an entire episode around it and get your questions answered for free. <laughs> you can reach out to us by sending us a direct message on Twitter or visiting us on our website, diyforbusinesspodcast.com. Both of those are linked in the podcast description. Uh, we always love talking to business owners as well. So if you want to join us, just reach out to us you know, just go check out our website or Twitter. Uh, we thank you again for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business, where you are not alone. Are you ready to write? Are you ready to become a published writer? Then tune in and take notes because each week on Simply Write with Polly, we cover writing craft, the ins and outs of running a writing business, and we'll also hear from some big name authors about how they get their work done and published so that we can learn to do it too. 
Join us each week right here on the Creators Network of Electrocast for Simply Right with Paul. Electrocast. Hey gang, I'm Nikki LaCroce, host of Who the Fuck, a show that explores the power of human connection and the profound resilience of the human spirit through compassionate conversations that help you better understand yourself so you can live with the sense of peace, purpose, and joy that you deserve. Each episode offers a safe space for guests to share intimate details of their personal journey and lessons learned along the way as we all seek to answer life's most important question. Who the fuck am I? Who the fuck am I? 